Hey guys, it's Timmy, and this is Brustling Unlimited, as we are here on the 28th of July, 2021, to talk about everything that went down tonight on AEW Dynamite Fight for the Fallen. I thought this was a very entertaining show. I mean, I enjoyed just about everything on this show. I don't know... Hmm. Because I say that a lot. I enjoy just about everything. And there's not, it's not often, I guess you could say, that you watch a wrestling show and you like just everything. Now, there's those times when you get like a great AEW pay-per-view or you get a great uh, NXT takeover where every match is really good. But it's not that often. You don't watch the weekly show every week for NXT or Raw, SmackDown, AEW and go, man, everything on this show tonight was good. So... Yeah, I'm rambling a little bit. No need for that. I want to say thank you guys for joining me here. Twitch.tv forward slash PWUnlimited. YouTube.com forward slash Pro Wrestling Unlimited. Or if you're watching later on YouTube, podcast platforms all around the world. I appreciate it. Remember, if you are watching live on Twitch, it can help us out a couple of different ways. Either by hitting that donate button down below or donating Twitch bits in the live chat. Also, Remember, you can subscribe to the channel one of two different ways. You can subscribe on Twitch with a tiered subscription, just like Cold Cuts recently did, or you could subscribe with a tiered with Amazon Prime because if you have Amazon Prime, then you have Prime Gaming, and Prime Gaming gives you one free subscription to any Twitch channel you want to subscribe to, and we'd appreciate it if you use that for us right here, Pro Wrestling Unlimited. On the flip side, if you're watching on on Nope, not Facebook. If you're watching on YouTube, you can help us out with a super chat or a super sticker donation. All super chats do get read live on the air. And you can subscribe as a channel member as well by hitting that join button down below. You get early access to news, early access to, well, exclusive news, early access to podcast, early access to non-news videos, and so much more. But with that, we've got AEW Dynamite Fight for the Fallen to talk about. And it kicked off with a huge 10-man tag elimination match. And this was interesting. Very interesting. Especially the entrances. So a hangman video played after they did the intros of the show with Jim Ross, Caliber, and Tony Schiavone. A voiceover talked about Paige's cowboy spirit and camaraderie. Dark Order. Then got a special uh, entrance here. Well, it was... Paged in Dark Order. They were in this video. A special um, remix of Paige's theme was played. And they all came out on the stage. The lights went on either side. You saw five members in the Dark Order on either side. And then all of a sudden in the middle, boom, there was Hangman Page. And they all made their way down to the ring. They then all got on the apron or stood on the ringside area. And they did the whole or Hangman with his, you know, guns. So that was a cool little intro. And then we got... The Elite. So the Elite got themselves a Michael Jordan, 1998 Chicago Bulls, or anytime in the 90s, really, Chicago Bulls-style entrance that was really all the hype up. Well, Space Jam. This was for a Space Jam ad. The Elite came out wearing Elite Squad t-shirts, and they were basically knockoffs of the original... Space Jam logo with the jerseys that said Toon Squad, but this said Elite Squad. 
And they all got special basketball entrances, you know, making his way into the ring at 500 or two, whatever pounds. And they said, Kenny, air, Omega. And then there was a basketball hoop at, at the um, end of the ramp. And they played, y'all ready for this? Just like Space Jam. And they all dunked and whatnot on the hoop. And this was just, this was dumb. Super dumb. Especially later when they used the hoop and fucking Nick Trickshot Jackson couldn't even dunk jumping off of the top rope. Like, here's the hoop. Here's Nick. He goes, misses the dunk. Don't call him Trickshot Jackson if he can't make the dunk. We'll talk about that here in a minute. But with that, Don Callis also joined commentary as it was the elite Kenny Omega, Matt Jackson, Nick Jackson, Doc Gallows, and Carl Anderson against Hangman Page, Evil Luno, Stu Grayson, John Silver, and Alex Reynolds. Um, Xavier, we'll get to that. They said Tony Khan was making an announcement tonight, and it was Tony Schiavone. <clears throat> Hold on. I want to look at something really quick before we talk about this because now that has me thinking about something. Nope, it always said Tony Khan. I thought maybe the announcement said Tony will have an announcement. Anyways, this match was really good, but I guess I guess the plan is still not Hangman and Omega at the next pay-per-view. I guess they're pushing it back again. Cuz it was if Page and his team earn or win, he earns a shot at the world title, Dark Order. They earned a shot at the tag titles. Page and Omega faced off, but Omega immediately tagged out to Carl Anderson. After a fallaway slam from Page, Omega attacked him from behind, leading to a free-for-all. A Dark Order hit simultaneous suplexes. Reynolds and Nick fought up top before Reynolds superplexed Nick onto the other competitors below. This was um, John Silver's first match since his shoulder injury. Reynolds tagged in but was overpowered by Anderson leading to the Elite, hitting repeat clotheslines. Reynolds avoided the last one from Gallows leading to the Dark Order doing the same thing. The combination from Reynolds and Silver led to a German suplex bridge for a two. Anderson then rolled up Reynolds with a handful of tights to get the first elimination of the match. Dark Order then surrounded Anderson in the ring, leading to Uno and Grayson hitting the fatality to eliminate Carl Anderson. Silver and beeled at Matt around the ring repeatedly. Went to commercial break, and once we came back, it was Grayson facing off against the Gallows and hitting a Pele kick. Dark Order hit combination offense and a 450 splash on Gallows for a two. And then got a parade of big moves here, concluding with Grayson hitting a springboard sky twister press on the floor. It looked like he banged his head on the floor pretty hard here, but he kept on keeping on. As Joe Dirt would say, you know, you got to keep on keeping on. Gallo sent him into the crowd while where Grayson climbed a balcony and hit a diving axe handle on Gallows. They were both counted out, and so that's how those two got eliminated. It was an Omega and the Bucks against Page, Uno, and Silver. Uno hit a Hurricane Rana and a Flatliner on Omega for a two. He climbed. And went for a senton bomb, but Omega got his knees up and crushed him with the V-trigger. One-winged angel and eliminated Uno. 
Silver then speared Matt and laid in right hands. Matt responded by gouging the eyes of John Silver. He hit a running knee bulldog combination and tried a tried to goat Page to get involved. A spinning heel kick from Matt led to another commercial break, this time with no picture in picture. Um, they said that during the break, the Young Bucks powerbombed Page on the apron. Once back, Silver was in the middle of an insane run of offense, just all over the place. He avoided an F5. No, he hit an inverted F5 on Matt, which was more like an F10, though, the way he did it. Got two off of it. Silver was then overwhelmed by Omega and Nick, and this concluded with a German suplex, a stiff-looking one. Brandon Cutler then brought the basketball hoop to the side of the ring, and the Young Bucks tried to do the Meltzer driver with the basketball hoop, and it didn't work because they do the Meltzer driver. So they're all, Matt's on the floor, and he's got Silver. <clears throat> he does the, the, the tombstone. Nick is supposed to, I guess, do a front flip into a dunk, and then the ball was supposed to go down and also hit Silver, but the dunk missed. So then Omega goes, give me the ball, give me the ball, and he does the dunk after Nick's like, Matt's kind of mad here that it didn't work because he's holding silver and finally he just throws him away and he's just like, yeah, fuck that. Anyways. Anyways. Omega then, oh, where was I? Um, The BTE, they then hit a BTE trigger and that eliminates John Silver. So it's three on one. Page versus Omega and the Young Bucks and they tried to get him to do the buckshot. He's on the apron. They're in the ring. And basically, they wanted him to try to buckshot. And they would do a triple super, super kick. But he wasn't that dumb. Finally, they let him get in the ring. And Omega tagged in and gave Paige one hell of a fight. He spat in Paige's face and hit a V-trigger. Paige came back with a running uppercut. And the Bucks ran in with a double super kick. And then did it again with Omega as a third for a good near fall. Uh, draping 450 splash was also done here. Page avoided a V trigger and flipped out of a German suplex attempt. He then dispatched both bucks with a double buckshot lariat clothesline. He then hit a uh, Orihara moonsault from the top rope to the floor on all three men. Omega then hit big chops back in the ring, but Page came back with a stack power bomb. The bucks then broke up the pin. Matt inadvertently pushed Page into a perfect into a perfect buckshot lariat position. He fought off one, but then Page was able to hit a double buckshot on the Bucks, pinning Matt for the elimination. Omega tried to use the belt, but the referee stopped him. Page avoided a second shot, and he hit a dead eye for a great near fall. Omega avoided a buckshot lariat and smashed Page with the belt for an awesome near fall. Two V-triggers followed that up. One winged angel, bada bing, bada boom. Page gets pinned. Page cannot challenge for the title for the time being. We don't know exactly how long this you can't challenge for the title thing is going to go. But as of right now, he can't challenge for the title. And apparently, this also means he is no longer ranked number one. Because later in the show, they said because of the loss, he has to give up the number one ranking. Now, I don't know if that was always the stipulation on the match or not. Because typically... Tag team matches don't count towards the rankings, positive or negative. So I could have just missed it. But I guess they said if you don't win, not only can you not challenge, but you also have to forfeit being number one contender. Like number one ranked. 
Tupac was about to be interviewed, but the Lucha Bro, uh, with the Lucha Bros, not there. He was all by himself. He said someone canceled their car. Andrade and Chavo would walk up, and Chavo said he set up a limo for them. Andrade recommended Pac get better transportation for his associates, or they'll work for someone else real soon. And we're setting up Pac versus Andrade at some point. We then got, excuse me, the Ricky Starks FTW Championship Celebration. This is all right. I mean, this was everything we would expect. Taz introduced the proceedings, and they did a Mardi Gras New Orleans-style celebration. They had a band. Starks was given flowers at one point, and he was uh, also brought uh, down by Hook. Stark said that he made history when he won the FTW title and got rid of some garbage in Brian Cage. He said he's been the anchor of the group while Cage was focused on being friendly on social media. When Starks broke his neck, Cage didn't check on him. He said Cage is selfish and inconsiderate and has no charisma. Then out would come Brian Cage. He attacked the band member. He basically smashed one of the big bass drums over one of the guy's heads, which... They shouldn't do that. That guy could have gotten real bad neck in uh, neck, you know, problems from that. Because those the faces on the drums are very tight. Trust me, I played drums growing up. Those are very very tight. Like it's not that easy to do what Cage did. Just smash it over the guy's head. You gotta do it hard. Like when you see people and they like kick the bass drum out of a drum set, they're kicking fucking hard. Because you can't just kick it lightly and your foot go through or anything. So, I didn't like that spot at all. Being a former drummer, knowing how tough that material is and how hard you've got to punch or kick or whatever to put your whatever through it. Yeah, no. <clears throat> so, he didn't jumps in the ring, tries to go after Starks. Starks throws the flowers at him. Starks runs away. Cage wants to fight. So we're eventually going to get Brian Cage versus Ricky Starks at some point coming up here soon as a rematch. We then got an interesting video. It was Hiroshi Tanahashi saying that he's never been the IWGP United States Heavyweight Champion, but he wants to be, and he wants to challenge whoever wins tonight. So everyone on social media, including myself, go, AEW got Tanahashi! AEW got Tanahashi! No, they didn't. Because as we learn later, the match is going to happen in New Japan, which means most likely the match is going to happen in Japan. Because the way he said it, he was like, oh, yeah, I'm going to come and I'm going to challenge the champion. But then we learn later, the winner is going to go to... They never said the winner's going to Japan. They just said the winner's going to New Japan Pro Wrestling. We don't know if that's going to take place in L.A. at the dojo for Strong. We don't know if it's going to take place on the upcoming AEW or NW... NJPW, what's that? You Resurgence, I think is what it's called. They're their big pay-per-view-like show for Strong, the Strong roster. We don't know if it's going to take place there. We don't know if it's going to take place in an upcoming show in Japan. So, interesting. Tanahashi's going to challenge for the U.S. title, but they didn't say where. They didn't say if it's on an episode of Strong. They didn't say if it's on, an ep- uh, on that Resurgence show. And they didn't say if it's going to take place in Japan or not. They just said the winner... Whoever's the champion coming out of the night has to go to New Japan to challenge for the title or to defend the title. So going forward, 
Um, NMD says the match is happening at Resurgence. Was that announced? Because they didn't say it during AEW. Let's see. W of America. Okay. New Japan announced it 14 minutes ago. The ace, Hiroshi Tanahashi, just challenged Lance Hoyt for the IWGP United States Heavyweight Championship at New Japan Resurgence. Okay, cool. So it's going to take place at Resurgence. Good to know. Also, the interesting thing about Resurgence is they keep saying, on pay-per-view or fight TV, is this show not going to be on New Japan World? Because I haven't seen it listed on New Japan World either because it's August 14th in JPW World. I'm going to look really fast. Resurgence, 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 resurgence. There's a logo. Oh, there's a thing here for it. But when you click it, it doesn't. Hmm. It just takes you to buy the tickets for it. Let's see. Schedule. Where's the schedule? I know the schedule's here somewhere. Uh, bum. So Tanahashi's coming to America. But also, trying to find out. Um, yeah, I don't see it say anything about resurgence on New Japan World, which is interesting. Live schedule. Here we go. August 14th. Okay, it is. It is. Cool. Awesome. Okay. <clears throat> It's just so far out that they weren't announced. They weren't advertising it on the front page. That's the that's the thing. So going forward, with a tag team match, FTR with Tolly Blanchard against Santana and Ortiz with Conan. Ortiz and Wheeler started off the match. They performed a chain wrestling sequence before uh, for an up kick on a leapfrog sent Wheeler to the floor. Harwood and Santana tagged in and exchanged hard strikes. Santana hit the three amigos with Ortiz assisting on the third. Santana and Ortiz then hit an assisted powerbomb on Wheeler. Harwood came back with a spine buster leading to a break. Once back, Santana ran wild on FTR, sending Wheeler to the floor and hitting a release back suplex on Harwood. He capitalized on Harwood by sending him into the corner, and then he took out Wheeler with a great dive. Harwood avoided a diving stomp, and Ortiz blind tagged in and rolled Harwood up for a two. Ortiz used his momentum from the kickout to hit Wheeler with a dive. At some point here, um, Wheeler started bleeding. I don't know from what. Ortiz at one point hit a powerbomb followed by a frog splash from Santana. Santana laid in hard chops in the corner. Then he shrugged off a lariat and a German, hit a German suplex. A parade of big moves concluded with Santana hitting a powerbomb on Harwood for a two. Ortiz tagged in but was immediately cradled for a two. Harwood then went after Ortiz with a right hand and set it for a suplex, but Ortiz stopped it. Harwood used misdirection and hit a DDT on Ortiz. He then tried to turn it into a cradle, but neither man's shoulders were down. Harwood took out Santana with a baseball slide and hit a sheer drop brain buster on Ortiz to pick up the clear win, just the clear victory. After the match, doctors and referees were checking on Wheeler, who was bleeding. Don't know again exactly where that came from or if they had to change anything according to the finish. Good match, though. I really, really enjoyed the match, and they kept... Santana Ortiz lost, 
but they got more offense than FTR in the match. So I guess you could say that's trying to keep them looking good. In the back, Tony Schiavone interviewed Britt Baker and Rebel. Baker said that she managed to tap out Nyla Rose with a broken freaking wrist. And I go, oh, no, don't do that. Just because he's from Pittsburgh and you're from Pittsburgh and you want it. Th- no, she even said it just like Kurt Angle. I made Nyla tap out with a broken freaking wrist. And I'm just like, no, no. Baker said that she and Rebel need extra help. Someone, they need someone to watch her back. She basically said Rebel ain't good enough. Rebel can't always watch my back at all times. So I need somebody else and everyone is gunning for her. I don't know who this someone's going to be, but they're apparently bringing somebody to add them to um, this little group we've got with Rebel and Britt Baker. I think the two are perfect together. We don't need another person. We don't need a third person at all. Then what was supposed to be Tony Khan making a big announcement, Tony Schiavone made a big announcement. Tony stated that the first episode of AEW Rampage will be on August 13th. But the following week, the second episode of AEW Rampage will be August 20th. And that show will be called AEW Rampage The First Dance. And it will come to us from the United Center in Chicago, Illinois. And my first thought was, they're going to a 23,000-seat building for a one-hour show. That a lot of people already assume is just the extra show. The extra hour. Now, yes, it's taking place in Chicago, so there's got to be a reason why they want to go to Chicago, especially since two days prior, they're going to be in Houston, Texas for Dynamite. They're not even near Chicago. But then the big, the big tease comes next. Shivani says the tickets go on sale Monday, da-da-da-da-da, and he cuts it, sends it to the back. He says, Alex Marvez with Darby Allen and Sting. And... Alex Marvez is like, coming up on August 20th is AEW Rampage, the first dance from Chicago, Illinois. Darby Singh, what do you what do you feel about that show? And Alan said that AEW is where people come to prove themselves, even if you're considered the best in the world. Now, most thought that that was him saying that he's going to fight CM Punk, that he wants CM Punk. That was them indicating, you may need to watch this Rampage episode on the 20th because uh, that might be a CM Punk debut there. But then someone reminded me, which I don't think this is the case. I do think it's CM Punk. Daniel Bryan's ROH gimmick was that he was the best in the world. He used to get on that top rope during his matches and yell, who's the best in the world? And the crowd would say, you are. So, just saying, I think it's Punk. Because why else would they be going to that big of a building in Chicago for Rampage? So we'll see what happens. It looks like that could be the debut of CM Punk. I'm not going to say it is or try to speculate further because we don't know. As far as the Daniel Bryan thing, all things are indicating that he's not coming in until September. So it's just an interesting thing. You know, CM Punk and WWE always call himself best in the world. Personally, well, yeah, he started that after being WWE champion. This, Anyways, but you got to remember, he wasn't the first to use that best in the world gimmick. 
Because Daniel Bryan used it as the American Dragon. Anyways. Anyways. We had the IWGP United States Heavyweight Championship match. Lance Archer defending against Hikaleu. Or Hikaleo. Lance Archer had Jake Roberts. Hikaleo had his, his daddy, King Haku. And they really played up the fact that Hikaleo, they like, yeah, we always talk about how Lance Archer is big. But this Hikaleo is even bigger. So, going forward, and Alex Cavallo says, wouldn't that be fifth Jericho match? No. If they keep going in order, then the fifth Jericho match should be taking place. Hold on. AW schedule. The fifth Jericho match should actually be taking place in Pittsburgh, August 11th. They keep the trend up of Dynamite. Well, no. The fifth match is, is MJF. MJF is supposed to be the fifth labor. Because it was, you have to go through four people to get me. I think is what it was. I could be wrong on that. But regardless, if they keep going dynamite, 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 then even, even at that, if you had to do a fifth labor on dynamite before MJF, that, wouldn't, that would be the Houston show, dynamite. Regardless. Hikaleu challenging Lance Archer. Match is all right. It wasn't bad. I enjoyed it for the most part. Immediately, Archer booted Hikaleo into the corner and hit repeated clotheslines. He went for the 10 punches in the corner, but Hikaleo powered out and hit a powerbomb for a two. Archer came back with some forearms, and Hikaleo hit a powerbomb. They fought on the floor into a commercial break. They said during the break, Haku got involved, and, and fucking Jim Ross goes, well, the referee didn't see it, so it wasn't a disqualification. But I don't know what the referee would have done if he did see this happen. Well, yeah, because referees aren't allowed to call for a DQ. So, yeah, <laughs> it was just the best line of JR going, yeah, we've got some stupid-ass rules here when it comes to disqualifications. So, we don't like to do them. They're crutches, as far as Tony Khan says. So, yeah, I don't know what a referee would do if he was put in a position of, do I call the DQ or not? Do I call the DQ or not? I thought that was funny, JR saying, I don't know what the referee would do if he did see something like this take place. You know what he would do, JR? He would just look at it and go, oh, well. That's what they do in AEW. Even if the referee sees outside interference, they just say, oh, well. Once back from the break, Hikaleu was firmly in control. Archer blindsided Hikaleu and hit a big boot followed by some strong strikes and a ripcord clothesline. Archer then walked the top rope and hit a moonsault. He followed this up with the big superplex for a two. Archer then hit the blackout right in the middle of the ring, pinned Hikaleo, and picked up the victory. So with that, it will be Lance Archer versus Hiroshi Tanahashi for the championship, the IWGP United States Heavyweight title at Resurgence coming up on August 14th. Cody was being interviewed in what they call the go position. Now, I get it. They don't want to say gorilla position because that's a WWE thing, even though I know plenty of other wrestling companies that, that also call it the gorilla position anyways. It just sounds weird when they say the go position. 
Anyways, anyways. Cody's being interviewed, and they're like, oh, you're going to take on Malachi Black next week. And Cody's like, yeah, you know, things have gone. All of a sudden, Black appears and wipes out Cody. Cody falls on the, uh, falls down, knocks over um, Jerry Lynn. Tony Khan then jumps up and goes, get out of here. We don't need any of this. You could barely hear him because his mic wasn't on. And they start fighting. Malachi Black takes out Cody, brings him out onto the ramp. And the crowd loves Malachi Black. They booed Cody. Next week, Cody might get booed for the first time in AEW when they come out for this match. So Cody gets taken out on the ramp, and a bunch of guys come out to check on him. Top Flight, Fuego Del Sol, a bunch of other guys. And then Black kills Fuego with a fucking kick. Fuego sells it like he's dead. And not many, not many that I know of can sell a shot like Fuego. Fuego can sell shots like he's dead like almost nobody else. And my first thought was, Tony Khan, why the fuck have you not signed Fuego Del Sol? If you're going to bring him on the road every week, and why not sign the guy to the company? I get it. You have tears of, well, these guys are in this level and they're not signed. And then you got these guys at this level that are signed. Why isn't Fuego signed? Fuego was there every week during the pandemic. Now you got him on the road traveling to cities. Just sign the fucker. Just sign Fuego. That guy has done more than enough for this company to deserve to be signed. There's no reason to not sign this guy. You've signed so many other guys where it's like, why'd you sign them? Well, why is he signed to a full-time deal? But then you can't sign Fuego. What the hell? Hashtag justice for Fuego. Hashtag sign Fuego. Get it going, guys. Go on Twitter, at Tony Khan, hashtag. Just, just, just type in, at, at Tony Khan, hashtag sign Fuego. Just do it. Just go to Twitter, compose a tweet. This is at Tony Khan, space, hashtag sign Fuego. Got a video from Miro. Talked about Lee Johnson being his challenger next week for the TNT Championship. He said the TNT Championship used to be about a bunch of, what's it called? Be about a bunch of open challenges and whatnot, but the challenges dried out. The challenges are no longer here. So he went to Lee Johnson and said, you've done well. I'll give you a shot. And then Miro would proceed to say, and I quote, Two things in my life motivate me. A vengeful God and a double-jointed wife. Love it. Love Miro. Next up, we have tag team action. Six-man tag team action to boot. Christian Cage and Jurassic Express's Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus against Marco Stunt. No, with Marco Stunt. Against Hardy Family Office, Mark Quinn, Isaiah Cassidy, and Angelico with Matt Hardy. Christian and Helico started off the match, as Excalibur pointed out. Christian's place in the rankings at number three. He stated, now that Hangman Page has to vacate the number one ranked spot, maybe Christian can work his way up from number three to number one and challenge Kenny Omega for the belt. Is that going to be the fucking match at all out? Christian Cage challenging Kenny Omega for the All Elite Wrestling World Championship? Ooh. It'd be a good match, but give a part-timer. The fucking title shot. Mm -mm. Mm -mm. 
And I get you're going to say, he's not a part-timer. He's there every week. Yeah, yeah, whatever. Anyways, Christian tagged in Jungle Boy and he hit a double hip toss. Then Jungle Boy hit an arm drag and a drop kick. Jungle Boy went to the floor, got a cheap shot in on Hardy. Christian stunt then chased Hardy away, and Marco Stunt almost lost his shoe. Quinn had control on Jungle Boy, but the latter escaped and tagged in Luchasaurus, and Luchasaurus ran wild. He hit a triple German suplex. Yes, he German suplexed all three guys at once, barely getting in Helico over on it, though. Luchasaurus then went for a double choke slam, but Private Party backflipped out of it. They then fought out and took him down as well as Christian came back out. Jungle Boy hit his rebound discus lariat and took out Angelico and Quinn for a frog splash. For a slam from Luchasaurus and a frog splash from Christian led to the victory. So Christian and Jungle Boy and a Luchasaurus pick up the win. After the match, the blade would run out and he would attack Christian with brass knucks. One Poof, hard shot, and then ran off. Matt Hardy came back out and said, that's my guy, that's my guy. And so, looks like, well, actually, it's not looking like it's officially announced for next week, Christian versus The Blade, because The Blade is, quote-unquote, the mercenary. Uh-oh. Camera cut off for a second. Give me one second, guys. We're back. Okay, I don't know what happened there. I think I accidentally clicked something. My bad. My bad. Give me one second. Just double check it doesn't happen again. I'm gonna camera's gonna click off and then click right back on for a second. All right, I think I fixed it. It shouldn't happen again. Shouldn't happen again. So we got a video from Nick Gage. He's the deathmatch king. And said Jericho is gonna have to look in the mirror and know that Nick Gage. Did all this to him tonight. It's MDK all day. So next up we had Julia Hart against Thunder Rosa. I don't know why they didn't let Julia Hart talk here, but Varsity Blondes cut a promo and they were just like, there's no better athlete in AEW than Julia Hart. And then they're like, yeah, Julia Hart is great. We're gonna, she's going to show you exactly what she can do. J-U-L-I-A, J-U-L-I-A. 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 Whatever. I don't know why they didn't let her talk. Thunder Rosa then got her promo. And this is actually a good one. Because she's like, you know, everyone says, Thunder Rosa, why are you here? Why is Thunder Rosa ranked when she doesn't even go here? Why is Thunder Rosa always in AEW? She doesn't belong and this and that. She goes, well, I am not part of the AEW roster. And this just shows more and more that I can do whatever the heck I want. And the match itself was all right. Formed some chain wrestling early. Hart isolated Rosa in the corner. And then Rosa came back and did the same thing. Hart rolled out of the way of a corner drop kick and did a cartwheel clothesline. Rosa came back and picked Hart's ankle after Hart tried to pander to the crowd. They're like, her inexperience is showing where you don't wave to the crowd and stuff in the middle of a match, especially against somebody like Thunder Rosa. And Thunder Rosa put her in a knee bar, but she got to the ropes. Broke the hold. Rosa then hit a corner drop kick and followed this up with the Fire Thunder driver that almost was botched. She had her up for it. But then when she went to like wrap her around to grab the head, like she slid down a little bit by accident 
and then she hit the Fire Thunder driver. Almost almost didn't get it. But Thunder Rosa does pick up the victory match. It's very quick. We got Nick in the Twitch chat dropping some biddies. Really do appreciate that, my guy. We got a little slight lineup for next week. Cody Rhodes against Malachi Black. That's supposed to be good versus evil, even though everybody loves the evil. TNT Championship will be on the line when Miro defends against Lee Johnson. In a NWA Women's Championship Eliminator match, the Bunny will take on Layla Hirsch. So I assume the winner gets a NWA Women's World Championship match against, who's, who's the champion, Camille now? Correct me if I'm wrong, it's Camille, right? Let me double check that. NWA champion. No, I want the um, women's world champion. NWA women's champion. Um, the women's champion currently is yes, Camille. That's what I thought. That's what I thought. So maybe this, maybe the winner gets to fight Camille for the title on Emma Power. Or they do the match in on AEW. I don't know. Also, we do know for next week, Christian Cage will take on the Blade. Then, we go to the back for some John Moxley. John Moxley is backstage, and he was pissed. John Moxley is upset that he's not been able to go and wrestle in Japan. But, what? The second I lose the title, Hiroshi Tanahashi is willing to come and challenge for the belt. Yeah, Tanahashi, you've been avoiding me, dodging me for months. He said, maybe Tanahashi's really the only smart one here. He said, but the forbidden door's open. I am the forbidden door. That I sent my boy a stack of contracts to send to Japan. And we're going to see who comes out of that forbidden door on the other side. So Moxley wants to face somebody from New Japan. So I guess somebody's coming to AEW. Who? I don't know. Plenty of people you can do. Fuck it. Give me John Moxley and Tamatonga. That's somebody that's in the States that can have a good match with Moxley and be a rather big name coming in. So next up, we had Chris Jericho versus Nick Gage in what they called a no-rules match. Not a no-disqualification match, a no-rules match. Also, MJF was on commentary. So the match immediately starts, and pff, fucking Nick Gage already got the pizza cutter out, and he whoosh, slices the arm of Jericho. Jericho's bleeding from his arm. Gage then hit a spine buster, a face wash, and out on the floor, Jericho sent Gage into the barricade. Back inside, Gage hit a superplex into a... Gage did the fucking Seth Rollins spot. Superplex into a falcon arrow. Jericho then turned a running boot into a lion tamer, but Gage reached the ropes, and they're all on commentary. They're like, well, you know, it's a no-rules match, so there's no rope breaks, and finally Jericho just lets go. They fight to the floor where Gage drove Jericho face first into the ring post. Gage pulled out some fluorescent light tubes from under the ring and placed them in the ring. Jericho then pulled out the baseball bat Floyd. So going forward, Jericho hit um, Nick Gage with the baseball bat as his face started to bleed. And I think the blood came from the shot where he took face first into the post, but I'm not 100% sure there. Gage then avoided a swing of the bat hit a code breaker. He pulled out the pizza cutter again and carved Jericho's forehead. During commercial break, Gage brought chairs, a pane of glass, and more other things into the ring. He propped Jericho below the glass, but Jericho popped up 
and they fought on the top rope for a second before Chris Jericho hit a top rope Hurricane Rana to Nick Gage, sending Nick Gage flying through the pane of glass, and that pane of glass shattered almost perfectly. Like, that glass couldn't have shattered in, in more pieces and spread the way it did more perfectly. Jericho went for a code breaker, but Gage caught him and planted Jericho into the glass of the uh, spine buster. Gage then broke light tubes over Jericho's back. A straight pile driver onto the glass for a two, followed that up. Gage then grabbed a shard of glass and stabbed it into Jericho's head repeatedly. At this point, I go, fuck, they're going all in. TNT, uh, hopefully either A, they asked TNT and said, hey, is all this blood and violence okay? Or if they're just... Asking for grace afterwards. I don't know. Gage grabbed two bundles of light tubes. He was about to smash one over Jericho's head, but Jericho spat green mist into Gage's face. He then smashed the tubes over, over the head of Nick Gage and hit the Judas effect to pick up the victory. So the match ends, and MJF's pissed. He's like, no, 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 no that's crap. You know what? You're going to have a third labor. And just remember what you told me back in the day. And they cut to a clip from November 2019 where Jericho brought up, you know, you were probably conceived after your parents watched me have a match with Juventud Guerrero 20 years ago. And he's just like, Hoovy? Who's Hoovy? And Jericho tells him, Google it. Some Jeff says, I did Google it. And next week, you're going to face off against the juice, Juventud Guerrero or Guerrero. That's how the show goes off the air. Jericho, bloody in the ring, almost brought to tears as he's told that he'll have to take on one of his early career rivals in Juventud Guerrera. I haven't seen Juventud wrestle since 2018. So this is going to be interesting. This is going to be very interesting to see how this match goes down. Because Jericho is still great, but he's not the Jericho of the 90s doing fucking Lucha Cruiserweight stuff. And... Again, I haven't seen Juventude wrestle since like 2018. I think I said 2008 earlier, but it's been 2018. So we'll see how this match goes. I do want to say thank you to Jack Dawson for the super sticker donation. But we'll see how this match goes. It's a very interesting matchup. And then Jericho will win. And then he'll get a fourth labor. We don't know who that's going to be. And again, I think the fifth labor would be MJF. But I could be wrong on that. But with that, that was AEW Dynamite Fight for the Fallen. Pretty good show overall, but now I want to know what you guys think. Remember, if you want to be part of the show, you can do so by texting in to 510-906-1341. Again, that number is 510-906-1341. But first off, let's check the polls. Check them polls. Check them polls. On the Twitch poll, 83% of you liked tonight's AEW Dynamite or Fight for the Fallen. 17% thought it was just all right. As far as the YouTube poll does go, 78% of you liked the show, 11 thought it was alright, and 11 didn't like it. As far as the text messages do go, we got a number of them. First it says, do you see anybody beating Britt Baker for the AEW Women's World title at the next AEW pay-per-view? No, I don't think Baker loses that title at all out. First it says, who do you think? Who do you think needs to win more, MJF or Chris Jericho? MJF, but the way this feud is going, I think Jericho wins in the end. I think MJF should win it to start his build towards going for the title. But in 
the way it's all been laid out, I think Jericho wins. Chris says, who do you see challenging the Young Bucks for the AEW Tag Team Championships at, uh, and TNT Champion Miro? Well, Miro's getting challenged by Lee Johnson next week. Of course, Lee Johnson ain't winning, but whatever. As far as the tag titles, FTR, they beat Santana and Ortiz, and they were, you know, high-ranked teams. Let's see. Who are... The, let's check the rankings really fast on that one. AEW, 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 rankings. Da, 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 da. And where are they? Come on. They're always hard to find. AEW rankings. Do, 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 do. I think I got them. Rankings. Is this for this week? Um, Yeah, this is from today. As far as the tag team rankings do go, number one ranked tag team is the Varsity Blondes, but I believe they've lost recently to the Bucks. The Acclaimed are ranked number two. Private Party ranked number three. FTR, four. Santana Ortiz, five. FTR will probably stay at four with the win, but they could go up to third. We'll see how it goes. I think FTR should challenge. We'll see. Um, versus says the show was meh, but the main event was great. So much nonstop action. I'm excited to see what other things Jericho will do in the labors matches. Well, also the thing I forgot to mention in the match next week, MJF stated the only way Jericho can win is by winning from a move off the top rope. So Jericho's got to do some sort of like moonsault or something as far as he's got to use a top rope maneuver to pick up the victory. He's a Jack Dawson also the Twitch bits. Really appreciate that. Where it says, Tony Khan obviously doesn't want CM Punk signing. The CM Punk signing to be subtle. Sure. Sure are making it known to us. Darby promo. Young Bucks using his running knee bulldog move. Well, Bucks have been doing that forever. So that's nothing new with the Bucks. Where it says, did you see the rankings on the AEW Twitter account? Like, are there new rankings or something? Because I was looking at rankings from this morning. And, um, let me see. I mean, unless there's something. Let's go AEW. Let's just see. Maybe they, they did they update rankings since the show or something? Because the rankings that I, I was just looking at were from this morning, but we can check. We can check. Um, all Elite Wrestling. Yeah, there's no new rankings for after the show. Person says, you don't know how badly lots of people want Fuego in AEW. I wish Tony Khan stopped acting like Vince and give the fans what they want. I mean, I, I do know. Person says, I would love to see CM Punk versus Darby Allin in Chicago. Well, they would have to set that match up prior I don't know if they want to announce him coming in before he does or make it a big surprise at the show, even though everyone's going to expect it. CM Punk versus Kenny Omega, AEW title. I mean, sure, eventually. And do you think MJF is world champ by the end of the year? No. I can see him winning a the world title next year, but not by the end of 2021. No. I can, I can see it happening in 2022. 2021, we still need that slow build of MJF. 
But with that, guys, I want to say thank you for joining me here. Twitch.tv forward slash PWUnlimited. YouTube.com forward slash Pro Wrestling Unlimited. Or if you're watching or, or if you're listening on podcast services all around the world. Remember, we will be live again on Friday for Friday Night Smackdown. So with that, guys, have a great rest of your night. Great rest of your week. And I'll see you next time. Have a good one, guys.